some point in the history of our life, at some point as we begin to grow older and begin to use that thing between our ears called a brain, we might grapple with this question of, where did I come from? It's the first question that dabbles us into the ideas of genealogy and a hope to figure out the answer to that question. To understand, oh, well, I came from my parents. And my parents came from my grandparents. And my grandparents came from my great-grandparents. And usually that satisfies the question for a little bit, especially if we were blessed enough to meet that far many back generations before they entered the great beyond. It's important for us to know our genealogy to some extent. If you've ever been in a doctor's office and filled out one of their little forms, you probably have been asked questions about your family medical history. Is there this in your family? Is there that in your family? And sometimes we know the answer, but unfortunately sometimes we don't know the answer. If we never were blessed to know our biological parents, we might not know the answer to some of those questions. But it's important for us in some aspects to know a little bit about where we come from. In fact, this was very important to the Israelites, the people of God, the people of a great family for their descendants of Abraham. And it was important for them to know that they were descendants of Abraham. In the book of Genesis, when the people had repopulated the world from the sons of Noah, and the people of that day were nomadic. They moved and created communities around a family structure. And the next generation would inherit the family structure that had grown and would move on. And over time, people would begin to claim land masses for themselves, where they would raise their livestock, where they would grow and harvest from the ground, and then move on when it was time to move on. We learn, too, in the book of Genesis that there were cities and central communities that were built up. They were established during this time, as we could read about. And what is important here, though, is we all of a sudden, in the midst of everything that is going on as the world is growing, we come up upon one of these farming type. One of these who is nomadic. One of these who has a large structure and large amounts of property, but at this point has no heir. He's getting along in age, and so is his wife, but he is faithful to God. He is faithful to the God of his ancestors. He did what was right in the sight of God, and God took favor upon Abram. God came and spoke with Abraham, and who had come to terms with the reality that a slave boy in his, amongst his group would inherit the property when he died. But God had another idea. God told Abraham and made him a promise that his offspring would be as numerous as the stars in the sky. God even took Abraham outside and said, look up, count them if you think you're able. Have you ever done that? Looked up at the sky in the night, tried to count the stars, the billions of tiny little lights to us in the night sky, and God knows each of them and put them in place. All of those stars, those galaxies, all of those many different planets and moons and suns, and we're able to look out in the amazement of the wonder of it all. And I can't imagine that Abraham in that time would have even begun to comprehend the expanse of what we now know as the universe. But God told him, He would be the father of that many children. And we know that God kept His promise. Abraham, even though his wife Sarah laughed at the idea of them having children in their old age, did father a son with her and named him Isaac. 
And Isaac would be the father of Jacob, who would become known as Israel. From him, twelve sons would be born, representing twelve tribes that would raise up, rise up and become the nation of the people of God. The nation born of the descendants of Abraham. But what's so important about being the descendant of someone great? In this case, someone whom God spoke to and made a promise to make him the father of a nation. It would seem that being in that family line would make you important. It would seem that being in that family line would give you direct access to being a child of God because you were a child of the promise. However, we see a very distinct contrast between the wonderful promise made by God to Abraham and the response of John the Baptist, the son of Zechariah, who was one of the priests of God, so many generations later. The third chapter of the Gospel of Luke, John was with the Pharisees, the teachers of the law, the ones who supposedly had inherited the law and were and were knew the importance of the law that was handed down from God to Moses. They were the ones who were supposed to uphold and keep the law and teach it to those around them. And instead, John calls them a brood of vipers. John explicitly tells them, don't claim that you have Abraham as your father. For I tell you that God is able to raise up children of Abraham by himself, even from these very stones. John is telling them just being a descendant of Abraham doesn't mean that much anymore. It doesn't mean that much in this current generation. There's some truth to John's statement. We begin to question, how many generations can one uphold the righteousness of their ancestors? Should we not try to do something righteous or faithful ourselves? Should we not try to make a name for ourselves along the way? How long does a family name hold up when it's regarded that black sheep in the family have tarnished or made ill the name? What happens when there's a history in your family of people who served God but it gets outshadowed by the number of people who disobeyed God, even turned away from God, who went and served other gods. What does that mean for the family name now? See, this is the history of the people of Israel. The people who say we have Abraham as our father, their history is full of people who, yes, obeyed God, but full of people who disobeyed God. Full of people who turned away from God and even served other gods. Yes, Abraham was a righteous man who was good in the sight of God to whom God had made a great and descending promise, but the descendants were not always as faithful, nor were they as apt to listen and believe in God. So now a nation of people who really have very little power in this world because of the control of the Roman government over them, they're just simply corrupt. They're the keepers of the law, but they don't keep it. In fact, many of them probably don't even really understand it. They only use it for their own personal gain and they bear no more resemblance to Abraham than we do. Yet there's a different understanding of the descending promise that is coming to us. And it's found in that obscure line by John the Baptist that God is able to raise up children even from these stones. But what should we do then, the people asked. How should we prepare? How can we be the people who once again resemble our father Abraham? The people are asking, they're inquisitive of John. John has their attention, the desire to do something righteous. 
And so John goes on to give them a simple version of the law. If you've got two shirts, give one to your brother or sister who has none. If you have extra food, share it. In other words, because of the love of God for you and the abundance of what you have, you should now share it with others who have not. Love. Share love and serve others. In this way, do we begin to bear the mark again of the one who promised to make us the descendants that would outnumber the stars in the sky? We look now at these stories and we see that even the story of John the Baptist is so far removed from us, so distant from us. And we think about our family lines and where we came from and we think, can we trace any of this back? How many of us really know where our family was even back to the American Revolution? How many of us know our country of origin? How many of us know that much about our family history? But still we read and we hear this promise. And if we have faith enough to believe it, we understand that God is raising all of us up to be part of a family that God is still raising up, that still will come to outnumber the stars in the sky, and we need only to accept it to have faith in the image of our Father's love that is trying to be imprinted upon us. We need to know where we came from. A seminary professor was vacationing with his wife in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. One morning they were eating breakfast at a little restaurant, hoping to enjoy just a simple, quiet family meal. As they were waiting for their food, they noticed a distinguished-looking white-haired man moving from table to table, visiting with the guests. And the professor leaned over to his wife and whispered, I really hope he doesn't come over here. But sure enough, the man came over to their table. Where are you folks from, he asked them with a friendly voice. Oklahoma, they answered. Great to have you here in Tennessee, the stranger said. What do you do for a living? I teach at a seminary, he replied. Oh, so you're one of those people who teaches preachers how to preach, are you? Well, I've got a really great story for you. With that, the gentleman pulled up a chair and sat down at the table with them. And the professor groaned and thought to himself, Great, just what I need, another preacher story. The man started. You see that mountain over there pointing out of the restaurant window? Not far from the base of that mountain, there was a boy who was born to an unwed mother. He had a hard time growing up because every place he went, he was always asked that same question. Boy, who's your daddy? Boy, who's your father? Where do you come from? The boy hated that question. Everywhere he went, whether it was to school or the grocery store or the drug store, people would constantly ask him that same question. Boy, who's your daddy? He would hide at recess and at lunchtime from the other students. He would avoid going to the stores because that question hurt him so badly. When he was about 12 years old, a new preacher came to his church. He would always go in late and slip out early to avoid having to answer or hear that question again. Who's your daddy? But one day the new preacher said the benediction so fast that he got up and he had to walk out with the crowd. Just about the time that he got to the back door, the new preacher, not knowing anything about this young man, put his hand on his shoulder and asked him, Who's your father? Who's your daddy? 
whole church grew deathly quiet. He could feel every eye in the church looking at him. Now everyone would finally know the answer to that question. The new preacher, though, sensed the situation around him and using discernment that only the Holy Spirit could give, said the following to that scared little boy. Wait a minute, he said. I know who you are. I see the family resemblance. Now, you are a child of God. And with that, he patted the boy on the shoulder and said, Boy, you've got a great inheritance. Go and claim it. With that, the boy smiled for the first time in a long time. He walked out the door a changed person. He was never the same again. Now, anytime anyone would ask him that question, boy, who's your daddy? He would just tell them, I am a child of God. The distinguished man got up from the table and said, now, isn't that a great story? The professor responded, it really was a great story. As the man turned to leave, he said, you know, if that new preacher hadn't told me that I was one of God's children, I probably would have never amounted to anything. And he walked away. The seminary professor looked at his wife, and his wife looked at him. They were stunned, and they called the waitress over and asked her, do you know who that man was who was sitting with us that was just at our table? The waitress smiled and said, of course. Everybody here knows him. That's Ben Hooper. He's the former governor of the state of Tennessee. You see, the promise remains. You have a great inheritance that is found in a promise that was made long ago, if you would only but realize that you are a child of Abraham, and thus a child of God. Live your life knowing that 